Okay, I feel like this has become just a documentary of the end of democracy in America. Well, welcome to the episode, Brandon. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, that's what I feel like this has turned into. So I guess we'll do this again. (sighs) Again. to the Devil's Advocate Podcast. I am Brandon Condit, and I am joined again by one of my partners in crime, Franklin Everhart. Um, so, do, we haven't put out an episode for about four weeks now, and the reason for that um, is because two weeks ago, actually, two weeks ago, we had an episode that was going to come out. In the can, yeah. It was, um, and that was actually the episode where we announced that Jim would not be with us for a few weeks, because Jim has had a baby, so congrats, well, congrats. Jim, yeah, Jim's congrats. wife has had a baby. Yeah, he didn't do much. Give China the, the, some credit here, um, but congratulations to Jim and his family, that's awesome, very happy for you. Um, Jim will be back later on, but, uh, you know, in For now, he should not be thinking about politics at all. Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. Although I can tell you that one of the things that I thought about the most when my when my sons were born was like, "Ah, I'm bringing them into this shit. (laughs) I know Jim is like. I thought you had good timing with your two sons, but Jim's like right before the election, like and mm. and during like a pandemic, (laughs) like that's that's a little (laughs) bit sucky. Um, But from it seems like everything went okay and like they're home and they're doing good and so we you know obviously our best wishes and i mean i can't imagine you so you you've been to the hospital well your wife had two kids right can you imagine doing that during a pandemic not at all and especially with all the family right yeah yeah we had family there and you know like it was a normal thing like we went through as normal for you know every pregnancy is going to be different so for popping out a baby is pretty normal yeah. yeah Um, so anyway, uh, something that I want to do because I feel like the show is, is consistently getting darker and as the, and the closer that we get to the election, uh, it just seems that like this tension seems to be building and building and building. I want to start to, um, at least highlight some positive shit in our own lives. If not for, if not for anything other than just being therapeutic to myself, um, because I like, dude, I focus. Uh, this is my therapy. When I'm not sitting in front of this microphone, I'm just grinding my fucking teeth. Um, and so like, but that, like we talk about a lot of, a lot of bad shit and heavy shit. And I think like, it's good to acknowledge that there's still good things in our fucking lives. Um, so I, I what's, don't, I, it's been a good thing for you then. Um, you want to give me a shoot off? <laughs> oh, you're gonna put you're gonna make put me the, start this. Put off. the onus right back on you. That's yeah, right. no, that's fine. Uh, for me, it is that uh, as we are recording this on Thursday night, um, September third, the new 
Tony Hawk Pro Skater game is about to be released in a few hours at midnight. And so once I get done editing this episode, uh, I will probably, like, I've already, like, got the pre-order. I've been playing the demo probably too many times for one two-minute session uh, for one level over and over again. But I am really excited about that. That kind of takes me back to uh, childhood 20 years ago. Um, when those games came out. I hope this game doesn't suck or your bright spot's going to turn into a dark spot real quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I, from what I've seen, as far as my demo play, like the, it looks pretty much like the exact same game. Same physics, maybe some a few new tricks. And same uh, camera stuck behind the, the guy on the skateboard. There's a couple of options, so you can change it. Ooh, you can, so they're going Grand Theft Auto. Like, <laughs> not, not to that extreme, but like the... But the um, the graphics look better than Grand Theft Auto. Like they like for a skating game, you know, you're not Yeah, I, I mean I, I remember, I've been in one warehouse level, the first level of the first game. And well I remember the first couple of Tony Hawks, which is after I dipped out like after Underground One or Two, but like they had pretty uh repeating uh graphics, right? Like yeah. if you crashed, there was only like one or two way your guy was gonna fall every time and you got really used to it. Right. So the the so that stuff kinda that looks better. The graphics look a lot better. Like it looks very real. And so I mean, even if it's the exact same game that I have sitting down here on my PlayStation two or whatever, like just the update in its physical appearance is very exciting to me. And worth the like forty bucks or whatever I spent to to pre-order it like it, to me that that's worth it that's a moment that's a better time in my life <laughs> when democracy wasn't on the fucking line um, two very enthusiastic thumbs up from brandon right yeah so far so far, so far. we'll see yeah we'll, we'll check in next time yeah, i'll see i'll, it, I'll make sure releases. to ask so you want to hear mine you bought separatech uh, finally no oh <laughs> god i wish no i'm still waiting for them to sponsor us hint 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 uh i'll go you want i'll do i'll stick with media since you did video games uh one of my favorite things about or getting me through COVID and all this shit is stand-up comedy. Yeah. And uh, just because I get to laugh and I get to not think about anything else for a while. And my favorite stand-up comedian, Cal Canaan, just released a new uh, album, uh, Trampoline in a Ditch. And it is fucking <laughs> – it's hysterical. There is a bit in there about, like, him having a cold and wanting someone to spit in his mouth just to get it over with, which takes on new significance. right Because he <laughs> recorded that right before COVID hit. Right. Um, but yeah, I'd recommend that if anybody can, I mean, it's on Spotify and fucking, uh, Pandora. It's, it's everywhere. I might check that out. Um, my wife was watching some comedy last week and I can't remember the name of the comedian she was watching. I'll have to get back to you on that, uh, too, because there was a really funny special that she watched and I saw parts of it, but was she watching on Netflix? Uh, yes. I don't remember the name, but I know something just dropped that was getting some traction. I bet it was, um, yeah, I'll have to look that up. Yeah. I can't remember, but it it was very funny. So we'll so leave that cliffhanger yeah. for next time. Go right? find funnier stuff than us. Is <laughs> right? what I'm saying. So part of the reason that it's been a month since uh, the episode, the last episode came out, is um, partially because of uh, when, at the time of editing, um, we were getting kind of into this territory where. Um, <sighs> If you remember the content from the episode that now doesn't exist, we talk. <laughs> oh, you're asking me, not them. Right? No, like, no, no. They will not. No, they <laughs> will not. You, you, Franklin. Um, we talked a little bit about. If you remember the, we talked about QAnon again. We talked about the Save Our Children movement. Yeah, that they was had happening. the rally around the um, world or whatever. Part of the reason that I didn't release that episode is because at the point that I was editing it, my attitude has changed a little bit about 
kind of my perspective has changed and I didn't want to present an argument that I no longer held fully. Um, and I'll explain that at some point during this episode. Um, another reason that I didn't release it is because at the time that I was editing it, the Kenosha shooting happened and it became, um, it, it became something that like, all right, well now if I release something that's outdated and this is the story and this is what we should be really like focusing on and talking about. And let's, because there's something there to the Kenosha shooting and then the Portland shooting as well. And a lot of that, um, I think is what this episode is going to be about. Um, and it's this fucking rising political tension, uh, in the country. And, you know, so before the, before the shootings happened, the RNC and the DNC happened. So my plan was that this episode was going to be about the RNC and the DNC. The shooting happened. I, I think that that is a more and the tension and just like this feeling as we get closer to the election. I think that is the most important issue that needs to be touched on. Um, I think there are a lot of fucking things that you can pull from each of the conventions um, that kind of put us in a spot of tension. Um, so I'm going to try to, to as as well as I can weave my way in and out uh, through this Um and kind of just look at this as a whole, right? Yeah. So let's start with um, just the tension as a whole. Like, let's generalize well, and then work in. The DNC and the RNC, after watching, I, I'll be honest with you, I could not watch both nights in full of either party. Well, lucky for you, I've got some clips from both. I've, and I, yeah, that, I'm going to break some rules on this episode as far as TDA... TDAP dark rules go. We're, we're, we're slipping you some clips. Yeah, yeah, we are. We're going old school on you. But I would say if you looked, at, if you watched and, and looked at the messages in the keynote, who who spoke, what was their message? It, the, what you come away from is the Democrats' message is pretty much anti-Trump. Like this could end us. Is there? It's they're pretty much sounding an alarm of like everyone needs to pay attention or we're done. There's a lot of alarmism on both ends. Versus, well, I mean, Trump. I don't know what the. The GOP, like, what did the RNC, what was their message? Like, we own the libs? There is, like, there that, is a different... They didn't really, there was no policy. There, the, the the RNC came out and said they weren't going to release a policy this cycle. And right. then they kind of backtracked and released which, one, which was just like, whatever Trump says. Well, which is hilarious, too, because I'm pretty sure if you go look at that, it's like, oh, we're going to cut ties with China and illegal immigration. Get, oh, you mean the same policy you had in 2016 that, no, that for whatever reason, the GOP and the... the the Trump base, well, the Trump base is like they're just sycophants that can't fucking acknowledge any wrong. Um, but like there is this, there's this problem um, to not even be able to acknowledge that, like, dude, the policy is the same policy because it's not it even, didn't happen. And well, it's not even the same policy because, like, the, gone is the mention of repeal and replace Obamacare. That was a huge mm-hmm. because they couldn't do it. They had. They had control of the White House, the Senate, and the House when they started. No, they did. They did do a lot of damage. They did to a lot it. of damage, but they, they it, it was it so popular, well. and they had no backup plan that they couldn't. Like their hope now is just let it fail, and hopefully it'll fail under Obama's name, and we can use it as a political tool. Right. But you can tell, like they're not even really talking about because they. At this point, you're just kicking people off healthcare. Right. It does no good for you. So like that. Yeah, they just have to go back to the well of like China's mean to us. Uh, we'll we'll 
get Kim Jong Un to calm down. I which, think good luck with that. <laughs> I think one of the most noticeable uh, differences for, for me in the two conventions, um, you know, I expected it to be a lot of. Uh, it is what it is. A convention for Republicans is going to be a bunch of pro. Republican propaganda and a a convention for the Democrats is going to be a bunch of pro Democrat propaganda. Like that's how it's going to go. I expect that. I didn't expect expect the alarmism. I I I guess I did, but it's, I did, but there's a difference in the tone of alarmism. There is, at least from my perspective, and I'm sure that Republicans feel very different about it, but from my perspective and I will, I will, make the argument throughout the the episode that the tone really matters when you're talking about alarmism from each side. And from what I gathered, the Democrats are alarmed at the prospect from their perspective of the falling democracy and like this push towards authoritarianism, the standards that have been thrown out, but the hashtag, the but they're still very like inclusive, and they're hopeful, and they're trying to win well, their voters. They're inclusive to white people. Let's be clear. Are you talking about the RNC? No, I'm talking about the DNC. Oh, okay. No, like okay. they're very hopeful to like. Okay, the way that we do this is we all have to come together, and we all need and like. Th- so that's where at least the Democrats are presenting their argument from. The Republicans, on the other hand, are definitely alarmist. The same, so we can throw that that title on him. Um, but the feeling is very different. And I, I'm going to go to a clip now um, of t- St. Louis's favorites, the McCloskeys. Oh, aren't you proud? <laughs> Karen and Ken, um, or uh, Mustard Stain and Bill Cooper reincarnate, as I call them. Um, they were guests on night one of the RNC. Now, I want to say to you that I've only got four clips for the episode. Um, I'll play them, and we'll see how it goes. We, we'll probably comment over these, but I do want to get the substance out there because I think the point to be made here, if we're looking at tension that causes shootings like the ones that take place in, in Kenosha and in Portland, um, tone fucking matters. And the things that people are buying into and are being told and are subscribing to matter. And they shape a picture um, of why or of they, they allow these things um, to kind of fester. And, you know, like, dude, you can only make a situation so tense depending on how you're presenting something before whoever is listening to it can't take more tense um and and so like i don't know i i just think that right out of the gate the rnc was a little concerning to me um and i'll and i'll give you a a little example of that now with the mccloskeys good evening america we are Mark and Patty McCloskey. We're speaking to you tonight from St. Louis, Missouri, where just weeks ago you may have seen us defending our home as a mob of protesters descended on our neighborhood. Were they? America is such a great country that not only do you have the right to own a gun and use it to defend yourself, but thousands of Americans will offer you free advice on how to use it. At least that's what we experienced. What you saw happen to us could just as easily happen to any of you who are watching from quiet neighborhoods around our country. And that's what we want to speak to you about tonight. 
Okay, first of all, right quiet, off the bat, quiet neighborhoods, and well, that, that last <laughs> line had a wink to it, didn't it? All of you white people in your gated communities, they're coming for you like they came for us in our gated community. Yeah, when, they, when she said quiet, she said that in a very specific. Also, they did not descend on their neighborhood. Well, they were she, walking past her fucking house. Right. They did not descend. They didn't show no. up with fucking pitchforks, and nothing happened. Like, I, would they? Would they? Would have anything have happened had they not been out there with guns? Do you think? No, absolutely not. Because those people weren't on their way. Th- they were going through their neighborhood to get to the neighborhood that had blo- been blocked off, and they were going to the mayor of St. Louis's home because the mayor of St. Louis, the uh, night before, or at least a couple of nights before, the Friday of that week, um, ha- was doing a uh, Facebook Live, and I, it was shit that was on TV. Like, it was a news conference about... Um, the COVID numbers in St. Louis and Mm -hmm. she was reading comments and she was reading the names of people and addresses of people who, um, who, who supported defund the defund the police movement. Um, and so they were mad about that. So they were on their way to her house. Her house was blocked off. Um, and so they went through this neighborhood. No, if these, if this couple had never run outside, um, there would have well, been you, no interaction. And you know how with I know them. that? Because as we're recording this on the third, on the second last night, the mayor got run out of her home. She had to leave her home because a mob surrounded it, or a group. I'm not saying mob isn't the right word. A fucking group of protesters surrounded it. Mm-hmm. And you know what n- didn't happen? No, none of her neighbors got fucked with. Right. But yeah. also, none of them stood out there with guns because that's obviously your and, fucking antagonizing only, people. Like, and they didn't just stand out there with guns. That gives they, the, yeah, they that gives the impression that they like stood out there and protected like. They that gives the impression that they could have acted responsibly and they did not act responsibly. Um, that she had her finger on the trigger and she was waving it at protesters. Like that's that's nuts. Anyway, let's get back to the bullshit. That's exactly right. Whether it's the defunding of police, ending cash bail so criminals can be released back out on the streets the same day to riot again, or encouraging anarchy and chaos on our streets. It seems as if the Democrats no longer view the government's job as protecting honest citizens from criminals, but rather protecting criminals from honest citizens. Not a single person in the out-of-control mob you saw at our house was charged with a crime. But you know who was? We were. They've actually charged us with felonies for daring to defend our home. On top of that, consider this. The Marxist liberal activist leading the mob to our neighborhood stood outside our home with a bullhorn screaming, you can't stop the revolution. Okay, I don't know. Okay, isn't there, I, I'm not sure about you. There's this thing called freedom of speech. I also don't know that, like, he's saying that. I've never seen that. Like, maybe that exists. If you, I'm not going to fucking look that up because I don't really care if that I'm happened just, I'm not. sorry. If um, standing there with a bullhorn shouting ignorant shit should get you arrested, Alex Jones would be in fucking jail right now. <laughs> right. There's a lot of people that would be in jail right now. Um, yeah. And probably us, too. Like, I mean. I've never used a bullhorn, but I wouldn't be against it. I mean, there's 97 or something episodes of content. Like, maybe. I'm sure we'd be in jail. Like, we've said dumb shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. But. So, like, I, I don't care. What I do think, though, t- because you bring up Alex Jones, is I think that, like, right out, like, as soon as he starts talking and he starts in on the fucking 
Marxist, liberal, blah, 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 I was blah, waiting blah, for blah. him to say neocon. Yeah, right. Like, just... Uh, Chicom? Chicom, or... Yeah, neo... Or, yeah. yeah. Uh, common, uh, common Alex Jones. Globalist or fucking... You terminology. Know. But that's all... Like, all that is... It's it, a dog whistle. It's... It, the people who... Racist... The people who have racist tendencies hear that, and they go to a certain image in their mind. It... Of uh, this could happen to you. What if black people showed up on your doorstep? It's I learned my worldview from memes. Yeah. Just weeks later, that same Marxist activist won the Democrat nomination to hold a seat in the U.S. House of Representatives. In the city of St. Louis, that's the same as winning the general election. That Marxist revolutionary is now going to be the congresswoman from the 1st District of Missouri. These radicals are not content with marching in the streets. They want to walk the halls of Congress. They want to take over. They want power. This is Joe Biden's party. These are the people who will be in charge of your future and the future of your children. It sounds like he's just mad that they got charged for being idiots. They're going to get pardoned. They're not satisfied with spreading the chaos and violence into our communities. They want to abolish the suburbs altogether by ending single-family home zoning. This forestry zoning would bring crime, lawlessness, and low-quality apartments into now-thriving suburban neighborhoods. President Trump smartly ended this government overreach, but Joe Biden wants to bring it back. These are the policies that are coming to a neighborhood near you. So make no mistake. No matter where you live, your family will not be safe in the radical Democrats. Okay, America. first of all, like this is all just alarmist, crazy, scare you. Hey, white people, run into your I houses and I don't, lock your doors. I don't uh, want to make. I don't want to mock someone for having a horrible delivery, especially because I don't have a great one, and I'm not in front of millions of people. But that is so boring to listen to them. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, it is. I would never go to like a cocktail party that they held. No, no, they're very boring people. Um, they're also just saying buzzwords. They're like it very much seems like they just like I really feel like a. I don't know if you remember a few months ago or like because when it happened, their lawyer was on CNN and like their lawyer is the exact same guy. Like he is he's that dude Isn't like he the man who's litigated for them they've sued like everyone the guy who the gave them like city. the fucking fake gun or what the court the fake gun was like see it wasn't even real oh wait <laughs> yeah no now you have a warrant for the real shit in our house um but like it, to me the whole thing seems like it's written by him and it seems like it's very inspired by like right-wing facebook pages well yeah it's and i guarantee you if it's not written by the lawyer People at the RNC had a hand in this. This, you know, you you don't throw well, yeah. on the the you don't throw on the Republican National Convention and not know what every I'm sure person's Kim, gonna I'm say. sure Kimberly Kimberly Garuffalo or whatever, uh, however you say her last name, Don, Don Junior's girlfriend, oh, the crazy hands. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm sure she probably helped write it. It seems right up her alley. We'll hear her later. At this moment in history, if you stand up for yourself and for the values our country was founded on, the mob spurred on by their allies in the media, will try to destroy you. You've seen us on your TV screens and Twitter feeds. You know that we're not the kind of people who back down. Thankfully, neither is Donald Trump. President Trump will defend the God-given right of every American to protect their homes and their families. But more than that, 
Trump's vision for America is a country where you have an opportunity to work hard and build the life you dream of with a job you love, with your children being educated in great schools, in a community where your family can play in the backyard without fear, worship in a church without shame, and express your beliefs without retribution. Trump brought us the greatest economy our country had ever seen. The Democrats have brought us nothing but destruction. I think this guy's probably the shittiest lawyer ever. Because, like, I just don't buy his delivery of any of it. Like, he just, like, you can't be nervous. It's not like you're on a stage in front of people. This is fucking pre-recorded. I mean, you could still be nervous. It's going out to that many people. No, you can't. I, like, you can't be that nervous. I would actually take nervous, though. If he was actually nervous, I'd be like, all right, there. he's he's showing human emotion. He's, he's got nothing. But he's a lawyer. He's done this. This is his job. No, fuck that. I'm not accepting that I'm nervous, and that's why I have bad Delivery. I just think he's. I also. Bad I don't. I. I reject just, the fact that their their assertion <laughs> that like single family homes are going to go away. A. I don't think most of Americans live in fucking the suburbs. Uh, yeah. I, I don't think no. like, that's a very small group of people who are kind of well off that you're talking to. I also think the like she said uh, earlier in the statement, she made the point that uh, Joe Biden wants to bring low income housing to a neighborhood near you. At how like. How does that work? Why does that? Why is that a claim? Where has I've not ever seen that on a platform like of the, of the twelve things Joe Biden has said in the last six months? Yeah, that's not one of Joe them. Joe Biden doesn't have beliefs. Come on. Um, oh, and I meant I actually meant to mention at the beginning of this episode that like I purposely left out. Uh, there, we will not hear a clip of Joe Biden, and we will not hear a, a clip of Donald Trump because I don't think that. They're running for um, president necessarily matters as far as what I'm trying to say about the tone here. Okay. Like, because I don't want to get into this whole debate about oh, what will they do? Uh, what hit, what have they done? What will they do? Like, I don't want it to become this idea that like, I give a shit about Joe Biden or Donald Trump for the purpose of this argument. What I think that we need to really pay attention to is the way that like there, there's a lot of tribalism in this country. Um, and, uh, um, and and this is it like the the rnc and the dnc is it that's your tribe and that's what they're telling you to do and like yeah it's not a great time to be someone in the middle looking at both of me and like i hate i hate i hate this. one of you more I hate, I hate all this i hate one of you more i'll be honest but <clears throat> not happy um so so that's what we had on um for the for to, the first clip to of, open to, to open, open the, RNC. the rnc that a it tells me they didn't have a better plan because they that happened like right before the RNC. So who is the opener gonna be? Well, they didn't. I didn't. I really wasn't impressed with their list. I don't have it in front of me, so like I'm doing bad fucking work here. Um, I know Don Jr. was on night two. I know Kimberly Gruffalo, or I don't even know if I'm saying her name right. I might not be. Um, she, I think, was very close to the end of the night on night one, um, if not the last bit on night one. Um, so, but like, yeah, it was like they had that kid from the video of him yelling at Native Americans, the the Catholic um, school kid or like whatever, and like uh, they had the... fucking Rudy Giuliani. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, I mean, they also had. I'm looking through the list now. You had like an arch, the Archbishop, 
of New York. Uh, Charlie Kirk, the founder of Turning Point USA, which, fuck you. Um, Representative Matt Gantz, like, no one... Oh, they had... No, I think Tim Scott finished up night one. That's who it was. Nikki Nikki Haley, yeah. Yeah, and if you remember early on in the show, actually a, a lot more probably before you were on the show um back when it was just mitch and i we i liked nikki haley that like out of trump's administration that was in the public at the time like nikki haley nikki haley was one of the people in the administration that i actually really liked and any bit of that is gone after her RNC speech because she just sold bullshit. Like, yeah. that's all she did. I mean, you like, saw a bunch of people up there. Rand Paul was up there. Like, dude, how far have you fallen from having any sort of principles? You know, at least you pretended to 20 years ago when you were, you know, never going to make it but still running. What makes me nervous is, like, they're arguing for, at the same time that all of this tension is being spit from, or is being perpetuated by, like, the rhetoric on both sides, um... Like, there's real shit happening. Donald Trump attacking the post office is a real shit that's happened since the last time that we recorded. Um, his, uh... He told, he, he just told he people just, to vote twice. He just told people to commit voter fraud. Like... Yeah, and they'll spin that and they'll say, he, that's what he did. He 100% he told people joking. to... He was joking. No, he told people to try to commit a crime. Yeah, no, but yeah. That he was joking. But, but his whole, but even if you follow his joke at, and to its conclusion, you're committing a crime. Right. Like even if they don't stop, if they don't stop you, that's a crime, right? Yeah, no, I know it's bad. Like that's, this, none that, of this mm. is none of this is good. Um, and so in, and because we are being alarmist at this point in the show, um, because I I don't know what else you can do now. Like I feel like we're in a time at at a place, not in the show, but in history, where it's like, what the fuck do you do but sound the alarm? I don't think that this well, fixes then, itself. No, how, and we've been. It seems like we've been sounding an alarm for three or four years, and and growing in like volume. But at that point, it's like uh, being in a hot bath. Like it, you don't notice it after a while. You know, like yeah. the the. I think that it it. I don't know. I think the only scenario where we don't have a fucking chaotic winter is a Biden landslide. If Biden wins in a landslide and it's, like, hard to argue the point, that might be the only thing that, like, you'll still have people that are like, ah, they fucking rigged it. Um, I hope that would be... I don't even know that I think that would be a peaceful transition. But I don't know that what would. Like, uh, well, no matter what we, happens, Trump even, is going to claim I, victory. Yeah. Or, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. So let's get some alarmism now from, uh, I believe it was night one of the DNC. I don't know. Like I said, I only picked two clips from the whole week of each of the things. Um, and But I picked ones that I thought were good representations of without actually getting the candidates. Because like Trump, Pence, Kamala Harris, Joe Biden, like we can have a different conversation about that. But um, so I, I want to get Bernie Sanders. Um, uh I want to give him the floor for a second. Our great nation is now living in an unprecedented moment. We're facing the worst public health crisis in 100 years and the worst economic collapse since the Great Depression. We are confronting systemic racism and the enormous threat to our planet of climate change. And in the midst of all of this, we have a president who is not only incapable of addressing these crises, but is leading us down the path of authoritarianism. 
This election is the most important in the modern history of this country. In response to the unprecedented crises we face, we need an unprecedented response, a movement like never before, of people who are prepared to stand up and fight for democracy and decency and against greed, oligarchy, and bigotry. And we need Joe Biden as our next president. Let me take this opportunity to say a word to the millions of people who supported my campaign this year and in 2016. My friends, thank you for your trust, your support, and the love you showed Jane, me, and our family. Together, we have moved this country in a bold new direction, showing that all of us, black and white, Latino, Native American, Asian American, gay and straight, native-born and immigrant, yearn for a nation based on the principles of justice, love, and compassion. Our campaign ended several months ago, but our movement continues and is getting stronger every day. Many of the ideas we fought for that just a few years ago were considered radical are now mainstream. But let us be clear, if Donald Trump is reelected, all the progress we have made will be in jeopardy. Okay, so real quick stop on this. At this point, I mean, you can, at the end there, it start like his tone starts to change and you can see where this is now going to go. But even though he is sounding the alarm from the, from the beginning, it's still very much like, these are our accomplishments. Our accomplishments. Here's a feel-good moment. Here he reaches out to his fucking voters, um, and he tries to make sure that, like, okay, now it's our time to coalesce because, like, the there's thing- a bigger issue here, and it's Donald Trump's America. Yeah, and he's also trying to soften the fact that, like, it's this delivery of, look, we have been losing. Trump has not been great for us, but keep in mind that, like, the things we've been fighting for, like more socialized healthcare and stuff. We've been making great strides, uh, gay marriage and stuff. Like it, not every, we haven't slid too far back that we can't stop ourselves. Right. And so it, it to me, it just like, I'm not a conservative, so I don't hear the Marxism in that fucking statement that they hear. Um, but like, to me, it's just, it's just off the bat more hopeful than the, then the, the McCloskeys, uh, it's going to be horrible. They're going to take your fucking homes, and they're they're charging people with bullshit crimes. And it's, and they're, it's hard to run on a we-need-to-change-shit platform when you're the ones in charge because then you have to say, like, oh, the Democrats are doing all this. And, like, really? Because it doesn't seem like they have enough power to do anything. Right, and if that's true, then you're fucking ineffective anyway. Yeah. Because if they're able to get away with all of this while you're in charge, why aren't you fixing it? Well, and, like, let's be clear, if, if Trump does get reelected, they really think Trump's going to be able— why hasn't he been able to stop this in the last fucking well, and four goes, months it's been happening? That goes back to the whole point of Like, your, sending unmarked vans and troops to Portland didn't do it. No. They're, it's not fucking safe in Portland right now. No. I mean, it's safe, but it's not, you know, quiet. Well, and the entire the, the entire idea there is the—it harkens back to your fucking second-term policy is— or your second-term platform is the same as your first-term platform, because you fucking failed. Like, this. his platform is me. At its most basic, 
This election is about preserving our democracy. During this president's term, the unthinkable has become normal. He has tried to prevent people from voting, undermined the U.S. Postal Service, deployed the military and federal agents against peaceful protesters, threatened to delay the election, and suggested that he will not leave office if he loses. This is not normal, and we must never treat it like it is. Under this administration, authoritarianism has taken root in our country. I and my family, and many of yours, know the insidious way authoritarianism destroys democracy, decency, and humanity. As long as I am here, I will work with progressives, with moderates, and yes, with conservatives to preserve this nation from a threat that so many of our heroes fought and died to defeat. This president is not just a threat to our democracy, but by rejecting science, he has put our lives and health in jeopardy. Trump has attacked doctors and scientists trying to protect us from the pandemic while refusing to take strong action to produce the masks, gowns, and gloves our healthcare workers desperately need. Nero fiddled while Rome burned. Trump golfs. I don't approve of that joke. His actions fanned this pandemic, resulting in over 170,000 deaths and a nation still unprepared to protect its people. What I hear there mostly is, uh, especially in the beginning of the clip of uh, Bernie, um, it's, I mean, if you break it down, it's kind of the basis of what the RNC is. It's identity politics, but it's more, it's from Democrats are going inclusive and Republicans are going exclusive. Right. right? Well, and maybe it's because, well, see, and I don't know if I totally buy into that because part of me... Well, just shit all over my theory no, that no, I no, just no, came no, up no, with. No, I, I'm no, I'm having an internal struggle out loud right now. Like your theory is fine. Um, I, I wonder too though if it if to your point that shows a if it's because of a fracturing within the Democratic Party where you like you've got the Bernie left side of the party and then the Biden middle like the Pelosi middle side of or you know establishment side moderate side of the party um and so I I don't know I I think that like you have like that the identity politics works on both sides um but it is very it's being applied very differently when you at least when you listen to those two guests yeah uh, I mean and, or speakers and and can you know contrast them yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, and it, I mean, it's not like it's a new concept. They've always done identity politics on both sides, but it's really cemented now into who's on supposed to be on each side. Like they well, both know their bases. And at least, at, if we're looking at an overall, this is the this is the temperature of the like this is the way the country feels right now. We're taking the country's pulse. The the Republicans are doing much more to push that fucking into like this anger like 
ah, I think, like, bad shit is about to happen, which the, is weird because, like, they're in fucking control, and they've been in control. It's like, why are you so fucking mad? Like, Because it didn't go well, well them being in control. Because of the evil, evil baby globalist. blood drinking yeah. globalist. Too much adre- uh, adrenochrome, or what's it called? Is that it? Um... Yeah, adrenochrome. Yeah. Um. So speaking of adrenochrome, uh. So Kimberly Garuffalo or whatever her name is, who's Uh, Donald Don Junior's girlfriend. I don't care. I that she has no reason to be on that stage. Okay. Well, she gave what to me was like the most terrifying speech that I've ever seen happen because I never thought it would happen in America. Um. It it actually was a scary speech to watch, and I'm gonna if she gave the Kid Rock of speeches. Like, he wouldn't have done a better job of fucking that up. She gave the Rita Repulsa of speeches uh, with, like, better, like, uh, visual audio sync up because because it wasn't. <laughs> um, but, like, yeah, that that was scary. And it, and it was at that point, it was at that point in the I mean, RNC The nepotism me, was on full display where it's like, oh, anybody who is fucking a Trump is getting on this stage and give, giving a speech. I think once you get to this point in the night, you just change the, you drop the R and you replace it with a Q and like, you're, you, we are now in a whole different game. Like, we are now at the fucking QNC. I, I don't like this. Good evening, America. I'm Kimberly Guilfoyle. I speak to you tonight as a mother, a former prosecutor, a Latina, and a proud American. And yes, a proud supporter of President Donald J. Trump. Why? Because he is the president who delivers for America. He built the greatest economy the world has ever known. Can you pause real quick? Is it just me or like, it, it didn't hurt that much when Bernie was saying it. She wasn't delivering this like she expected a crowd. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, the, the lack of a crowd, like, you cannot deliver it. Yeah, the it echo is bad. Like, no. It sucks that uh, I've only pulled... Have you seen any of the video of this? You only of got her? audio now. Yeah. Yeah, I, that's the, even, probably the most memed one I saw because it was like, pretty easy to make the, fun of her. The arm movements and just the, the whole thing was very yeah. theatrical, and it was meant for a Even her crowd. speech, though, like, those lines about... I. Um, I'm a Latina and I proudly, but like that was supposed to get a, a raucous applause. Right. You know, yeah. that was supposed to be like, yeah, they think we're racist and we're not. Um, but we really are. But it's just, it's silence and it sounds like a mad woman screaming at a concrete wall. Yeah, it's about to get madder. For the strivers, the working class and middle class. As commander in chief, he always puts America first. President Trump is the law and order president. Now, presidential leadership is not guaranteed. It is a choice. Biden, Harris, and the rest of the socialists will fundamentally change this nation. Back on that. That's a running theme. And, like, and again, this is early. This is still night one. And I'm just kind of like, I might not make it. I, like, uh, I might not make I it would, through the week. I have a fantasy of polling all of these people and just asking them, what do you think socialism is? Because you would hear a hundred different answers. Or maybe you'd hear all the same answer, evil. I don't know. I don't know what in their head how simple it is. No, it's just a, but it's a buzzword because, like, I agree. It, I don't it, think most of them. It replaced terrorists. That the, right. was the buzzword of us growing up. Like, yeah. That's all you had to say, and people were supposed to fall in line. They want open borders, closed schools, dangerous amnesty, and will selfishly send your jobs back to China while they get rich. They will defund, dismantle, and destroy America's law enforcement. Send your jobs back to China, which implies that our jobs you're working right now came from China. (laughs) 
it does imply that because she's stupid and her writer is stupid. Um, but it like from also the, from the syntax that is like that is what also, she said. If that's the if that's the truth, then what the fuck is this whole like trade war? We're fucking doing a dick measuring contest with China for the last two years. Like, well, clearly we're fucking losing. If this is going to be the end result, that like it's just going to be that fucking easy. Like, you haven't really done anything to help our fucking relationships, bud. When you are in trouble and need police, don't count on the Democrats. You know when I need police, As you know who I count on? American, Republicans. I know how dangerous their socialist agenda is. My mother, Mercedes, was a special education teacher from Aguadilla, Puerto Rico. My father, also an immigrant, came to this nation in pursuit of the American dream. Now I consider it my duty to fight to protect that dream. Rioters must not be allowed to destroy our cities. Human sex drug traffickers should not be allowed to cross our border. The same socialist policies which destroyed places like Cuba and Venezuela must not take root in our cities and our schools. So Venezuela, that's a dog whistle of a world. My ears perk up when I hear that. Yeah. For some reason, white supremacists love to talk about Venezuela. Yeah, I... I don't know why exactly. I don't know either. I do know, though, that, like, like I'm starting to get tense again listening to it. I haven't listened to it since the night of. Like, I pulled it for the episode. I knew what it was, so I didn't need to go back through it. Um, and I'm starting to get tense again, like I did on the first night, and I know where this is going. Like, I know I'm about to start biting my fingernails and really trying to not yell, and especially since my kids are asleep. Well, especially <laughs> when they say the word child traffickers, I'm like, all right, I... Yeah, it's that's getting, just a cue. It's getting a cue because it's they're not like cue-y. point to one thing Trump's done to actually like, like hurt child trafficking. Like no child traffic, child trafficking. Uh, if it was so damn important, are being busted as they have been busted. But like, I don't like. Why is that? Like, ah, just it doesn't make sense, and it's about to start making less sense. If you want to see the socialist Biden Harris future for our country. Just take a look at California. (laughs) It is a place of immense wealth, immeasurable innovation, and immaculate environment. And the Democrats turned it into a land of discarded heroin needles in parks, riots in streets, and blackouts in homes. In President Trump's America, we light things up. There will be no heroin needles. Hold on, I... Okay, when they're talking about blackouts, they're literally talking about that story of the mayor of L.A. turning off the lights to people who are throwing COVID parties, right? That's where the right. blackouts come from. Yeah. There, there are no, like, roving blackouts. It, like, power is fine. Yeah. I've yeah. seen people from California power, tweeting today. Right. It's fine. Yeah, power is fine. Um, I have a problem with the sentence she just said, though. Um, in Donald Trump's America, we light things up. Like, that's also a dog whistle. Like, that is not... Like she's not talking about lights, and she's not talking to like she's not. She's talking, talking about, about the, the way that your father would take you to the the port the like the like, shed and light you she's up. She's talking like, about the way that your mother would drive you to a riot to fucking shoot people. We build things up. We don't burn them down. We kneel in prayer and we stand for our flag. This election is a battle for the soul of America. Your choice is clear. 
She's reading Do memes. you support the cancel culture, the cosmopolitan elites of Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, and Joe Biden, who blame America first? Do you think America is to blame? Yes. Or do you believe in American greatness? Not really. Believe in yourself, no. in President Trump, in individual <laughs> and personal responsibility. They you're want fucking to destroy the son of a president and you're on stage. Do not talk about responsibility. And everything that we have fought for and hold dear. They want to steal your liberty, your freedom. They want to control what you see and think and believe so that they can control how you live. They want to enslave you to the weak, dependent, liberal, victim ideology to the point that you will not recognize this country or yourself. I thought Von Trump was the biggest From victim, the isn't he? When President Trump spoke about making America great again, he was speaking about that shining city on a hill and restoring the beacon of light that once shined so bright. His promise was to put America first, and he has. When President Trump cut middle-class taxes, putting tens of thousands of dollars back in the pockets of working-class Americans, that he didn't. I must have missed that. Man, again. I need to check my pockets. When President Trump commanded the defeat of ISIS, oh, they're gone. Are they? And Soleimani and paved the way for peace in the Middle East. That beacon started to glow. When he negotiated historic trade deals with Canada, Mexico, Japan, and China, bringing back thousands of manufacturing jobs to America, that beacon shined bright once again for the world to see. Once again! America, <laughs> oh it's all on the line. President Trump believes in you. He emancipates and lifts you up to oh, live your on. American dream. It's very stolid. Don't you use that word. Capable. Emancipate. You One president emancipated. You are powerful and him. you have the ability to choose your life and determine your destiny. Don't let the Democrats take you for granted. Okay, so first I, of all, I hate her. I yeah, so much. I hate her too. You're about to hate her a lot more because, like, as you can see, this keeps like this just is building. Uh, we're at five minutes into this fucking speech now. We've had a minute left, and like, it's it it's not hit its climax. Okay, yet. Am I the only one listening to it? I know this is petty, but the fact that there's such an echo and no crowd that it makes it I mean, sound like they're putting a shitty like Winston Churchill filter on it. Like my friends. Well, my friends, it's funny because like Democrats did things like practically where they were like, okay, well we'll get in front of a fucking webcam and do this. And, well, she's and talking like Republicans <clears throat> were like, here are my podiums and my, my statues and flags. When someone's using the speakerphone and they just have like their phone up to their face and they're talking really loud, like, why the fuck are you yelling? It right. is not a walkie-talkie. Who are you yelling to? Yeah. They can hear you just fine if you talk. Like, Bernie was not talking loud. Like, and that man thanks can to your volume, I now have to turn the volume on my TV down. Yeah. Like, thanks a lot. I understand now Bitch. why I was seeing so many memes with her arms going crazy, because it would be impossible to, de to deliver that speech at that cadence without throwing your fucking oh, arms around. Yeah, no. Like, I'm surprised she isn't beating a shoe on the podium. No, this is just fucking Joseph Goebbels in a fucking red dress. That's all that's happening right now. So, title uh, for the episode. <laughs> Don't let them step on you. Don't let them destroy your families, your lives, and your future. Don't let them kill future generations because they told you and brainwashed you and fed you lies that you weren't good enough. Like my parents, 
You can achieve your American dream. You can be that shining example to the world. Manifest and be the change in this country that you dream, that you hope, that you believe in. Stand for an American president who is fearless, who believes in you, and who loves this country and will fight for her. President Trump is the leader who will rebuild the promise of America and ensure that every citizen can realize their American dream. Ladies and gentlemen, leaders and fighters for freedom and liberty and the American dream, the best is yet to come. Straight up, like, that's fair. I, uh, like, I don't care. I, like, I don't care what I said in the episode fucking whatever one, <laughs> one of this. Like, it fucking applies. Like, fuck her. Fuck her yeah, and fuck. fuck that Stalinist, like, or that Stalin-esque uh, fucking, th- that was a white nationalist speech, but it was made out of, like, th- every sentence but in the that words w- of a minority, like the one minority person they're going to have on stage Well, speaking. and it was, like, that whole thing was just comprised of shit that have been in right-wing memes. Like, that's not anything. They just literally My first took thought was lines like- from fucking, from Facebook, and they built a speech out of it. Fuck you. Yeah. Like, and and that works because the people that that works for are idiots that get their news from fucking Facebook. So, uh, a vicious uh, cycle, my friend. Like, it just, uh, do you that, think, I mean, like, <clears throat> I will give her credit. Like, she can, if that was in front of a crowd, she can deliver a speech. Like, she has, like, oh, the yeah. passion for it. Yeah. I hate every single word sure. and every thought so behind can Hitler. her. Oh, well, yeah. Like, and that was a straight fascist speech. Like, yeah. Um, my first. I, there were that, moments in there. I was that like, was, did, did Gavin McGinnis write this fucking yeah, speech? That like, was this is real. That white, was white power. Or Stephen Miller. That was uh, Stephen Miller might have written that speech it, actually very much. Um, but any anything that said like immigration was just him going like with a red uh, fucking pen, dude. Just I don't know, man. That that one made me uncomfortable. And watching that, I was just like, wow, that's where we're at in America. Like, this isn't a speech that we're supposed to be having. This is a blame your enemies. Like, we're completely victims. We've been in power. And she did everything except tell people that they should do something about it. Like, she did. Like, encouraging violence. She did everything Napoleon did in Animal Farm. <laughs> which, like... You know, go back a f- couple episodes and listen. Like, she did everything that Napoleon did to snowball. Like, it's just the Democrats. It's the Marxists. It's your enemies. It's the people you don't it's agree the with. the socialists. They want your babies. They're coming for your fucking uh, we don't. Chinese jobs for some reason. Protesters, bad. Yeah. Protesters are bad. They're going to burn down Unless they have guns and they're protesting protesters, then they're good for well, some if reason. They have, if they have guns and they're white, then they should kill the other protesters, right? Like, yeah. that's... The I think you, uh, you're supposed to kill two and maim a third, and then you they want to make you share for some right. fucking reason. Yeah, and I'm not going to—I don't really want to get into, like— I, I don't want to debate too. Uh, I don't want to debate the the shootings in Kenosha, and and I think we know even less about Portland. Um, not in this episode because I don't think that those because a I want to make sure that I have as many of my details like as I can get for that before I attack yeah. that. Um, I also don't think that that's 
that's a whole different topic. Um, but I was I, more commenting on the fact that like no one knows really the full story, but you would not know that looking at a lot of right wing media, oh, yeah. a lot of left wing media too. But. Yeah, no, it, that's fair. But say what you want about pussy fucking liberals, right? When uh, like. These guys were running unarmed to try to stop a gunman. One of them um, had a skateboard he was trying to hit him with. Yeah. Like, that's fucking, like, like, I don't know. It's that's just, a hero move. But e- for sure. E- in either way, um, I don't think necessarily that that debate is for this episode, and I also don't think that it necessarily needs to be because I think that the fact that it happened is enough to speak, at least to the point here, um, about, like, the tension, like, that's the shit that we're building too. More of that um, when we have this kind of fucking rhetoric and this kind of uh, anger building and this hate the other side and your enemies are gonna take your home and your well, children. And and let and me just say that of the of the clips we've heard so far, Bernie had the best response of like we like we're gonna work with like yes we're gonna work with Republicans. We have to because. The Republican <clears throat> endpoint, like if you look at their argument, is like the Democrats are evil. Well, Democrats are like half this country, right? So you, but you, what do you do? Do you throw them in prison? Do you uh, reform them through? Like, how do you uh, fix right. that problem of people being too liberal for your taste? Yeah, and like, you don't let them vote. Like, there's no, there's no. You just keep electing presidents by the skinnier teeth and hope shit works out. Like, yeah, there is no plan there at the end. You can't. Right. Versus Bernie's idea of at least like we have to. There, we can't keep doing this. At a certain point, shit's gonna boil over. Something big's gonna happen. Maybe for fucking ten or fifteen years, and we're gonna have to get back to being a, co- a country. Yeah, because every I mean, if Germany survived World War Two, we're gonna survive this. I just doesn't know. We don't know what we're gonna look like when we come out of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, but I think whatever we looked like pre-COVID in 2019, like that's gone. Man, I am. It's weird to to like. Think back of fondness for the solid days of like 2016 when we didn't have COVID and be like, oh, that was a simpler time. What the yeah, fuck are you talking about? Right. Yeah. Um, so in kind of keeping with the tone of Bernie, I also pulled a clip of Barack Obama because um, I think that he had uh, a similar. Did, did Hillary also speak at the DNC? She, she did. It was not like it wasn't. I don't think it was a very long speech. I think it was kind of like a clip of her endorsing. I don't know. I, I remember yeah. seeing her name. I don't like and, the fact that the and like seeing her give the endorsement. Yeah, but I don't know that she did much more than give the endorsement. Which again, I think from an optics standpoint, just don't. Like I get it, she's not the most evil woman in the world, like the right would like you to believe. Like, yeah, the, agreed. But uh, she's also historically unpopular. Yeah, and, and so like, kind of the reason we have a Trump presidency right look, now. While we're like up against fascism in America in 2020, like let's just play our cards. And there, safe. I mean, there's a reason that George Soros doesn't show up at the DNC because it's just like we know what'll happen. The rumor mills will start flying about right. like, why are you doing that? I mean, she, yeah. maybe she has enough supporters. They're hoping that will go for Biden, but I think any supporters that went for Hillary are probably going to go for Harris. Yeah, and either way, like I mean, you it, see the hall of even, money. The, even people that uh, that supported and still support Hillary and whatever her uh, views on whatever are like, you still have to recognize that she's damaged goods in the game of politics. Like, and so like acknowledge that. Like, it, it the sucks. Clinton not dynasty, fair. The is Clinton it fair? Dynasty is I don't know. Yeah. Like, I mean, there are a lot of people that didn't like her as Secretary of State. Like, whatever. That's a totally different debate for a different episode. But like, you know, it, like. Say what 
whatever you want about Hillary Clinton. As far as how her name plays in politics in 2016, 2020, like, it's just, I don't think it's a necessary move to put her up there just to be able to give somebody something to be dumb about. Uh, yeah. So anyway, now I want to get to Barack Obama because I think that it, I think that the, um, the, 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 the tone is similar to Bernie's and like, and I felt like it was consistent enough throughout the RNC and the DNC that like, those were the clips. These four clips were the clips that I pulled to kind of, get the point across that like look we're all being alarmist and everybody's freaking out right now um but like the, and there is like there is blaming on both sides um, oh yeah i mean you i mean i'm you can look at the last four years of the democrats been like you didn't do enough and then you can right. look at the last four years of republicans say the same fucking thing but like i don't know man tone matters to me and uh and i and i notice a different tone and and the tone at least for from what I watched over the week, which wasn't the whole thing, but was a pretty decent amount of both, um, the tone seemed pretty similar, with the exception of a few people. Like, there were a few people. Tim Scott did not have the same tone as the rest of the RNC. Like, Tim Scott was the best thing that the RNC had because he was reasonable and he was, um, uh, you know, he was very, like, economic-focused and, and whatever. Like, yeah. Tim Scott was a different animal than fucking Rudy Giuliani was, okay? Um, that's the point I'm making. Donald Trump hasn't grown into the job because he can't. And the consequences of that failure are severe. The one constitutional office elected by all of the people is the presidency. So at a minimum, we should expect a president to feel a sense of responsibility for the safety and welfare of all 330 million of us, regardless of what we look like, how we worship, who we love, how much money we have, or who we voted for. But we should also expect a president to be the custodian of this democracy. We should expect that regardless of ego, ambition, or political beliefs, the president will preserve, protect, and defend the freedoms and ideals that so many Americans marched for, went to jail for, fought for, and died for. I have sat in the Oval Office with both of the men who are running for president. I never expected that my successor would embrace my vision or continue my policies. I did hope for the sake of our country, that Donald Trump might show some interest in taking the job seriously. That he might come to feel the weight of the office and discover some reverence for the democracy that had been placed in his care. But he never did. For close to four years now, he has shown no interest in putting in the work. No interest in finding common ground. No interest in using the awesome power of his office to help anyone but himself and his friends. No interest in treating the presidency as anything but one more reality show that he can use to get the attention he craves. Donald Trump hasn't grown into the job 
because he can't. And the consequences of that failure are severe. Well, I will say money clearly buys the spe- the best speechwriters. <laughs> yeah, I but I think Barack Obama is a good speaker. I think that yeah, I think he's still better in front of a crowd. It's it's weird to hear. I can hear him putting his hands back on the desk or whatever the fuck yeah. he's doing or on his lap. Like it's distracting in audio form. There's something that you won't get, um, and we've got a bit like depending on how many more times we stop it, we've got a bit more of his speech, um, but. There's a point that you won't get from the audio um, towards the end where he's talking about the uh, dire like situation that he sees. And it looks to me like he starts to get a little like maybe emotional, holds it back really well, possibly. I don't know. His face does something where it's like, oh, man, you're really like you're sad that you are. Barack Obama, the former president of the United States, who, like, got there and was a huge achievement and all of this shit, and this is what you're doing four years after you fucking left, is, like, trying to save the fucking country from your perspective, you know, from my perspective. Um, But, uh, so, like, I don't know. You don't, like, maybe you'll, maybe that'll come across in the audio. Probably not. um, That's true, though, because you went back to 2008, and that night, and I know you remember it. Cause oh, I, absolutely. I, that was the first election you and I could that vote for. That was the first it? time I cried in politics. Like, I actually was like... I, I rec- think I probably got teary-eyed I, I the night Obama got... the achievement just that, the, that was. Just the history. That, like, then, I was there to elect like such a historic moment. And that know? made me proud of America, because I thought that, like, we had done something to... Get, like, we had overcome something together. <laughs> it was that Neil Armstrong moment. We had taken a fucking step. I didn't realize that the fucking racists were going to turn into fascists. But yeah, look from Obama's perspective. I mean, it might just be acting, but I can see why he would fucking like thinking about 2008, and then like, okay, some shit goes bad, and you're not able to do all the things you want, but you get reelected, and you have a really great night in 2012. This must be like to be, you know, fucking four well, years later. Remember, or whatever. he didn't do anything in 16. Like he didn't, and like he reluctantly yeah. endorsed Clinton. He didn't really say much. He wanted to stay out of it because he's the legacy guy. Like he didn't want. To, he was going to build his fucking library and shit, you right? Know, and, he didn't and want write a book to be a guy who was going to be talking about politics. No, and, I mean after eight years in the office, I don't think you'd want to. You'd no, like, fucking, I want to golf and spend my money and God have damn. my life. Like yeah. this was a, probably a fucking mistake. Um, let's go. Like I don't know. Anyway, we'll get more, uh, more of him. One hundred seventy thousand Americans dead. Millions of jobs gone. Well, those at the top taken more than ever. Our worst impulses unleashed. Our proud reputation around the world badly diminished. I want to diminished. pause real quick to point out that in both Bernie and uh, Obama's speech and like a running theme throughout the um, DNC was fucking COVID. Pandemic, this dude fucking failed. And he did. Um, <clears throat> the RNC obviously didn't paint it that way. I will say, though, to their credit, they're trying to spin it now. Like, they're trying to pretend that they gave a shit about it. They're trying to pretend that it's gone well. Um, they're Isn't the not, slogan, like, let's get back to normal? Yeah, they're like, not doing the whole, like, it's bullshit, mask, at least not, like, on that stage. People are. People are. Like, yeah. people and the in people the world on are. that stage are doing it, just not while they're on that stage. Right. 
Um, but they're not, that's not their public persona anymore. And they, and like, they tried to make that apparent, uh, through the RNC. Like you could tell by some of the things that I believe Ivanka said and like, and just throughout the thing, like, but when I heard uh, the DNC, to your point, uh, of talking about like a lot about COVID, it being the theme that ran through the night, I would have liked to prefer the theme to be what he was talking about there: income inequality, the rich taking like COVID should highlight that the rich are getting way more money, and yeah. you know through these fucking loans and shit, and how many of them are turned out to be fraudulent or used to buy boats, right? And shit, but it's a little. It's hard to swallow that message when it's being pitched to me by a fucking multimillionaire. Right. You know, like, either way, either Bernie or him or Trump or anybody who's pitching me that message, like, I don't, you're technically right, but I still hate you. Yeah. You're still part of the problem. And our democratic institutions threatened like never before. Joe and Kamala will restore our standing in the world. And as we've learned from this pandemic, that matters. But more than anything, what I know about Joe what I know about Kamala is that they actually care about every American and that they care deeply about this democracy. They believe that in a democracy, the right to vote is sacred and we should be making it easier for people to cast their ballots, not harder. They believe that no one including the president, is above the law. And that no public official, including the president, should use their office to enrich themselves or their supporters. They understand that in this democracy, the commander-in-chief does not use the men and women of our military who are willing to risk everything to protect our nation as political props to deploy against peaceful protesters on our own soil. They understand that political opponents aren't un-American just because they disagree with you. A free press isn't the enemy, but the way we hold officials accountable. That our ability to work together to solve big problems like a pandemic depend on a fidelity to facts and science and logic and not just making stuff up. None of this should be controversial. These shouldn't be Republican principles or Democratic principles. They are American principles. But at this moment, this president and those who enable him have shown they don't believe in these things. Tonight, I'm asking you to believe in Joe and Kamala's ability to lead this country out of these dark times and build it back better. But here's the thing. No single American can fix this country alone. Not even a president. Democracy was never meant to be transactional. You give me your vote, I make everything better. It requires an active and informed citizenry. So I'm also asking you to believe in your own ability to embrace your own responsibility as citizens, to make sure that the basic tenets of our democracy endure. Because that's what's at stake right now, our democracy. This president and those in power, those who benefit from keeping things the way they are, they are counting on your cynicism. 
they know they can't win you over with their policies. So they're hoping to make it as hard as possible for you to vote and to convince you that your vote does not matter. That is how they win. That is how they get to keep making decisions that affect your life and the lives of the people you love. That's how the economy will keep getting skewed to the wealthy and well-connected. How our health systems will let more people fall through the cracks. That's how a democracy withers, until it's no democracy at all. And we cannot let that happen. So real quick, before he finishes up, um, I think that he, again, at the beginning of that, he starts to make it very, like, it's very hopeful. Like, I'm asking you to trust like, look, we know you guys may, like, he didn't say it, but he was like, look, you might be holding your nose on Joe. Like, we get it. The subtext was like, look, guys, I know he's boring as fuck. Right. I had to be around him for eight years, but, like, it's better than Trump. Come right. on now. Um, But, like, this is, like, he's in the middle of the point where, like, if you're looking at his face, you're kind of like, oh, shit, he's feeling this right now. Like, he does not want to be saying this. Um. Um. And yeah. part of me is wondering how much of it is like that he said that it's fucking Joe that he had like, oh man, like, I, no, we I keep mean, having these I think horrible... if you, if you listen to what he's saying, at least at this point at towards the end of this, like, uh, I think he's sad that he's saying this four years after he was president of this country, which yeah. was such a historic thing. I mean, yeah, things have gone pretty south, especially this year. Yeah. Um, so let's let him finish up real quick. Because, like, now he makes his plea. Do not let them take away your power. Do not let them take away your democracy. Make a plan right now for how you are going to get involved and vote. Do it as early as you can and tell your family and friends how they can vote too. Any chance of success depends entirely on the outcome of this election. This administration has shown it will tear our democracy down if that's what it takes for them to win. So we have to get busy building it up by pouring all our efforts into these 76 days and by voting like never before for Joe and Kamala and candidates up and down the ticket so that we leave no doubt about what this country that we love stands for today and for all our days to come. Stay safe. God bless. Okay. So, I mean, at the end, he he's really like, hey, guys, shit's real. Like, we're at a point now where democracy is kind of on the line. It seems to be on the line. I took, I said we were being alarmists. I don't know what else to do. Um, and I mean, like, I have some suggestions of what he could have done when he was president to yeah, maybe sure. stop this. Yeah, sure, that's fine. Um, but I do like think some, some of Obama's decisions made Trump come along and made Bush look reasonable by comparison. There's this resurgence of people who like Bush, which I cannot stand. Right? Yeah. Well, so it's still hypocritical. Like I want to be clear about that, but I don't disagree with the point. That, no, like he's right. Like <laughs> I also think that there's like again, like my whole point for the entire episode 
has been like tone matters. And at least from what I heard from those two weeks, um, and again, I haven't shown you everything that's happened in those two weeks. I'm just taking what I like the what I thought was the best the most representative of the overall message. I also thought that both of the candidates themselves, I thought Trump's speech was fucking boring um, and very telepromptery and just like not his rhetoric at all. Like he wasn't standing up there being like, vote twice. Uh, You know, if you're white and you shoot fucking protesters, not that, not that bad, not that big of a deal. Like he wasn't, he wasn't doing that yet, and like, and he wouldn't have because that's not, and that's the bullshit thing too. Is that if you watch the DNC and the RNC, they're just commercials, right? Yeah. Um, that last for how long? Three or fucking how many hours is it? Uh, it was. They were, I want to say, two and a half hours a night for four nights. Yeah, that seems. I don't know, maybe like three a hours. Lot fucking longer. Um, I watched it mostly through Twitter. <laughs> Which is the preferred way to watch these kind of things? Yeah, I I sat through a bunch of it. I it was really hard. Night one was really hard for me because I was like, God damn it, this is gonna get fucking rough. And then and I watched night one for both of them, and then was like, All right, I'm gonna fucking dip it and then out of this uh, for the next couple of nights, and then watch the the last nights uh, the last nights of each week. Um, but you know, but I I mean I watched a decent amount of the two and a half to three hours, whatever the fuck it was every night. Well, and did, did Trump speak at every night of uh-uh, the RNC? No, they were only, the candidate only speaks on the last night. Okay. Pence and Harris did the third, or the Wednesday night, because it ended on a Thursday, both of them. Yeah. Um, and, but I don't know. Again, when you're looking at tone and shit, and you're talking about like this, this, overall tension that we see and as we get closer to the election we see tension um i don't think that if the rnc like i think the rnc is or the the fucking republican base the trump base is doing some fucking dangerous shit as far as rhetoric they're because they're exciting themselves and it's having fucking effects on the real world because like because what's happening is a bunch of fucking idiots are sitting on computers looking at memes, convincing themselves that all their fucking imagined enemies are fucking pedophiles and and literally that they're coming for your home. Yeah, that they're gonna like they're gonna install they're gonna install poor people next to you. And do you want that? Like, yeah. Well, it's not your land. Why the fuck is it your There's, choice? This, the 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 RNC to me had a very very like nationalistic. And that's how they pitch it now. Like, the, the clan isn't fucking popular. You can't be like, ah, we outwardly hate brown people. But you can be like, we really like white people. Yeah. Like, we or really we like legal like, immigration. We, there, you can couch it in words that mean a certain thing. We're like, really pro-segregation. We don't see why that was so bad. Um mm-hmm. And, you know, and that's what the RNC was to me. I'm gl- I thought the Democrats did a decent job of being like... Uh, of having a message? Well, and having this middle line between like, hey, shit's all falling apart. And you guys need to recognize that shit's all falling apart. And Joe's not even my fucking best choice either. Um, but at the same time, like being having the voices like Bernie and having the people that were like, hey... We're we're lefter people than the Biden folks, 
But like, we all need to come together. They had an all need to come together message where I felt like the Republicans had this message of like, get them, get them or shit's going to go down. And like, that is what leads to people getting shot. Having this fucking intensity behind your like, because that shit like that perpetuates when you have people pushing that shit. There are people that are buying into that shit. They will get worked up eventually and decide that they have to do something about this. Right. That they, like have to, that they need to go keep the polling stations safe on November 3rd with guns, which will lead nowhere good. Yeah. No, you know, that's, that's scary. Like, and you're never going to convince me ever that you need that. Like, if I drive 20 minutes, I'm driving 20 minutes to fucking protect some buildings that I'm unrelated to. Like, nah, you went there to possibly shoot. And like, and that's what happens when people get this mad and there, and it feels like there's this much pressure. So I hope that like, I hope that that stops and I hope that that's recognized um, because we're, it's not a great fucking spot. So I don't know until the, the next one, I actually really had fun with this one and might have to break the rules more often here. Yeah. We just need to not have Trump quoted like i'm glad you did not pull from biden or trump because i've heard enough of those two old white men well to, and I for a lifetime well and i don't think that like for the purposes it was very important like because then yeah. we get into like ah well what does what is he gonna do and what has he done i don't care like that's not my point my point is i honestly don't shit think is either getting, like we're all yeah. recognizing that shit's getting out of hand even even the crazies among us like let's Fucking all, we need to recognize that we need to calm down. Shit is not trending in a good fucking... We all need to be that friend who grabs the guy trying to swing and be like, no, no, no. So, I don't know. Anyway, until next time, follow us on uh, Twitter and Facebook at TDAP Dark. Um, subscribe, like, all that good stuff. Available on every podcatcher. Um... The Devil's Advocate Podcast is an opinion talk show and is the attempt of a few friends to have a reasonable conversation about current events without the vitriol that we've become accustomed to in today's modern political climate. TDAP is what happens when a few normal people sit down and discuss the week's top stories by having a rational and somewhat entertaining conversation. The goal of TDAP is to provide a forum for the listener to hear multiple perspectives on a myriad of topics instead of being bombarded with the same one-sided debates that we commonly get from news and media organizations. It is hosted by Brandon Condit and Franklin Everhart.